0: We're listening to Off the Cup now. Here's your host, Adam Banks. The last time I was in the studio by myself, doing a show completely by myself, I ended up on an Eric C. Khan documentary. On Apple TV, so who knows what's going to happen today. Welcome everybody to Off the Cuff. I'm Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show and thank you for tuning in to WLXU93.9 FM. In addition to listening to me on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks if I can get that working. Or you can download the Radio Lex app. On your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world, I am broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lex on North Limestone. Usually, I say Amber is in studio with me, but Amber is somewhere probably in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean right now. She's at the Bahamas. She usually gives me a a break during this time of the uh, monologue, but it is just me doing solo. I mean, I really am... I'm excited about doing this show because it is my first time on the radio doing this show solo, and it made me start thinking of radio personalities that do shows by themselves. There's not many. You've got Casey Kasem. You had Paul Harvey. You had Rush Limbaugh. And if anybody made it through that for four hours just listening to him, I salute you. Dr. Laura... Who used to take calls? I think she's still on the air. Actually, she takes calls and and counsels people on the air. You have Colin Coherd, who does a completely, uh, who does a show completely by himself uh, about sports. But today, that is what off the cuff falls under. It is uh, completely solo. One is the loneliest number. Hopefully, I can get Amber called up and we'll have her join me in the third, maybe fourth segment of the show. Uh, technical difficulties as always. So when we go to commercial break, I don't know if you'll hear commercials today. I don't know if you'll just hear silence. Just bear with me. Know that we are still going across the air live. But I never really know what I'm going to be talking about when I come in and do this show. I usually prepare the day of. And I have the unfortunate duty and obligation to talk about this because it's happening again, folks. Another shooting. Another shooting in less than two weeks from each other. uh, Maybe even less than a week. The school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. It was just a typical Tuesday on May the 24th in Texas. Students and teachers at Robb Elementary School wound down their school year with graduation set for the weekend. In the morning, the school celebrated its honor roll, but shortly after, the bright futures of 19 young students and two teachers were tragically cut short by a complete moron, a complete scum of the earth. Someone who I'm sure split hell wide open when he got there. Who, in their right mind, takes a gun and starts shooting people, but not only shoot people, you shoot babies. You shoot children. Children in the fourth grade, the third grade, the second grade. Ridiculous. The shooter's name was Salvador Raldeldo Ramaz. And he started the day arguing with his 66-year-old grandmother. And they were arguing because Salvador was not graduating from high school. So they got into an argument over it as grandparents and, and, and young children probably would if you're not graduating. But after the argument, he shot her in the forehead before taking her truck to head down to the elementary school. Now, what's shocking about that is his grandmother survived the shot to the forehead. She survived it. He shot and killed 19 students and two teachers. How tragic. This is the third deadliest American school shooting after the Virginia Tech shooting in 2007 and the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012. And it's the deadliest shooting ever in Texas. A place where guns flow like wine. A place that everybody has a gun. Your florist has a gun. Your elevator operator has a gun. Everybody in Texas has a gun. And what happened just two days ago was the deadliest shooting ever in the state of Texas. We can't ignore the fact that he used a semi-automatic weapon. An AR-15, to be exact, is what they were reporting. And he bought it legally, as people can in this country. He bought it on his 18th birthday. And then he purchased another rifle three days later. You think about the gun, and you think about the gun he used, and the the chaos he caused with the gun, the destruction that he caused with that gun. He absolutely used a gun that could rip through human flesh. I mean, shred it like a shredder. It's not like taking a pistol and shooting someone with a pistol, and you get a bullet hole in you. When you get shot with an AR-15, you are absolutely... You are absolutely in a position where you could be shredded away at any moment. And that's exactly what happened at the school in Texas. How sad. How tragic. And it makes you think, you know, why, is it, why isn't it happening anywhere else like it is here in, in the United States? Here in America. It happens more here, folks, than it does anywhere else. I am for the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. I do think people have, should, should have the right to go out and buy guns. But I, I want to ask a genuine, honest question to those people who own guns, like AR-15s, uh, who go out, take your gun, you do your target practice. Let me ask you a question. Why else do you need that gun other than just for target practice? just to have it, just in case one day there's an apocalypse and aliens come to the world and you've got to protect yourself? Or maybe one day uh, the, we, we, you live in the tribulation period and, and, and you've got to use the, your AR-15 to, to take down 60 or 70 armies of people who's coming towards your door? You must. Why else is weapons like that sold to the general public? Now, people will hear this and say, oh, Adam's against guns. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. I do think people should have the right to buy guns. But I do think that this country should limit the type of guns that we should buy. There's no point. There is no purpose of American citizens owning, a regular citizen owning just a military-style weapon. For what? For those who have it. What did you use your AR-15 for in the last year, other than target practice, other than going to the shooting range? To hunt? No. To protect your house? I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I, I, don't, I don't know what the purpose is. Because I do know that if Salvador Ramaz had a pistol, a revolver, yeah, he could have killed some people. Six if he had a pistol that shot six bullets. He could have killed six people if he had six perfect shots. But he would not have been able to do the damage that he done with his military-style weapon. No Wade says on the show thread that it wasn't the gun's fault. It was the sick person using it. And it's lots of people hunt with him. And he says it's our Right. You hunt with an AR15. I mean, let me ask you a question. If you hunt with an AR15, and you shoot an animal with an AR15, what's left of the animal? What's left of it? It is alright. And it will be alright until something changes. He was shot and killed, talking about the perpetrator, on the scene by a US Border Patrol agent. Hmm. I don't know. Some parents had to wait late into the night for final confirmation of their child's death, awaiting DNA identification because they were so torn apart by the weapon used, you couldn't even tell what they were. You couldn't even tell what the little babies were, folks, because of the style of weapon that was used. When is it going to change here in America? I'm not sure. But there does need to be a change, and there does need to be a change soon. We need to revise that amendment. The right to bear arms, yes, I'm for it. But just having every style of weapon? And yes, there's a lot more good people out there than bad. And there's a lot of those gun owners that wouldn't do those type of acts with their gun. But there's only a few that will, and it only takes that one person, to go into an elementary school. So, something's got to change. And I hate starting the show off on such a sour note, but it's times like this where we, it makes it really just to the forefront of our country. So, hopefully things change. That's all I say. ladies and gentlemen, switching gears here before we do take our first commercial break, if we do have commercials, is uh, the fact that it is May the 26th, 2022, and graduation is still in full effect for graduates all over the country. Now, most college graduates have already graduated. Most of the graduations still left are high school and elementary because of the snow days. Some people are graduating all the way up to mid-June. So graduation season is still we're still in it. Slap dab in the middle of it. And times like this, times like graduation, it makes you it makes you appreciate it and it's such an honorable thing to go through. There's so many different traditions that people go through when they go through a graduation and those traditions are fascinating. I mean, have you ever wondered why people wear gowns, and people wear graduation caps, and people wear class rings, and maybe why even people throw their diploma or their hat up in the air while they, uh, when they're finished graduating? Those are traditions from that's been passed down, it has been practiced for years and years and years. Let's start with the graduation cap. It's often called a motorboard. It is believed to have developed from the beretta. You've seen the beretta. It's the square upright cap with three or four peaks worn by the Roman Catholic clergy and and academics. So they just kind of mirror that for graduation ceremonies. Today, all graduates, not just those with master's or doctorate degrees, degrees, wear the motorboards. They wear the graduation hats. You have the graduation gown. The graduation gown began to be worn in the 12th century with the rise of universities. Since the original universities of the Middle Ages had poor heating, scholars wore long gowns with hoods to keep warm. The class ring. If you've ever wondered why people wore the class ring, the class ring appeared in 1835 when the U.S. Academy West Point had them made. The first rings were designed to represent the school. All graduates of a particular school wore the same style ring. What about Pop and Circumstance? That's the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. It was written by Sir Edward Elgar in 1901. And it's also called The Land of Hope and Glory. And the piece quickly became fashionable to play at commencements. And uh, they first used it when Sir Eggier received an honorary doctorate from Yale University. So they played that song in honor of him. So they've just kept that as their tradition. The diploma over the years, you've, you may have heard the diploma being called a sheepskin. Originally, diplomas were handwritten on a paper-thin sheepskin before being rolled and tied with a ribbon. So when you see people receiving a diploma, that's why it's tied up and rolled. And then the tassel has been worn for the cap on the cap for centuries, but it's the only in the last 40 or 50 years that it has been moved from the right of the cap before the receipt of the diploma to the left side of the cap after the receipt of the diploma. Moving the tassel from the right side to the left symbolizes the movement from being a candidate of a degree to a recipient of the degree. They've been doing that ever since I was in elementary school. And then finally, the last tradition that's been practiced for years is throwing the cap. Tossing the cap in the air after the graduation was started by the U.S. Naval Academy in 1912. Prior to the 1912 graduates of the Naval Academy, um, or or it, it it was the Naval Academy that first threw their caps up in the air when they would graduate, So, they just took that tradition across all graduations and kept it. So, there's always a reason, folks, behind things. There's always a reason why you see people doing the things that they do. Throwing the cap, wearing a cap, wearing a gown, wearing a class ring, rolling up the diploma. There's always reasons for it. And I just found that to be very interesting. So, when you see all of this stuff happening at graduation, just know, just know that... You know all the answers and you know the reason of why they do and where what they do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we still have lots more off the cuff with Adam Banks coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. I'll be right back. To off the cuff, Adam Banks here with you. When you hear this song, there's only one thing that comes to mind. Rocky. You know, this might be the most un-American thing I've ever said, but I have never seen one Rocky movie. Not Rocky 1, not Rocky 2, 3, 25, 26. I've never seen one Rocky And this might quite possibly be the most recognizable original song that was made for a movie. The Eye of the Tiger, written by survivor. And it made me start thinking of the best original songs made for movies throughout time. There are original songs created for motion pictures all of the time. Plenty of movie production companies will hire musical artists to create original content, like a song to put in their movie. That means they don't just add a song that's already been released, but rather have an original song created specifically for that movie. Eye of the Tiger was created specifically for Rocky 3 which is interesting this song didn't exist for Rocky 1 or 2. It didn't come along till Rocky 3. But this movie was specific or this song was specifically made and written for the movie. Now, on this show before, we've talked about the greatest movie scores throughout time and a score is not a song. It's the music. The original music in a movie. I want to talk about now The best original songs made for movies throughout time. We all can agree that Rocky is a huge one. But there's more. Of course, the ones that I play here are, in my opinion, some of the best original songs made for movies throughout time. You have to have this one. This song was released at the height of Will Smith's music career. And he was just really starting out his movie career at this time. But he was huge in 1997 when this movie came out. But this song, when you hear it, you can't help but also think of the movie. But it's a great banger and it's a great song to play. So, another original song made for a movie, just specifically made for the movie, is this next one that I'm about to play. It might be the most recognizable original song ever to exist. Over the, rainbow, the song was created and written by Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg and was used for The Wizard of Oz in 1939. Amazingly, Over the Rainbow was initially cut from the movie Wizard of Oz because producers and directors felt like that it slowed down the film which would have been a bizarre fate for a song that took on a life of its own, ladies and gentlemen. You hear this song, you think Wizard of Oz. The, one of the most, maybe the most, recognizable song, and the best. Sang by Judy Garland. Alright, moving on here. Another original song created for a movie that is very recognizable. It's hard to do a list without putting this on your list. Now had the time of my life. The Time of Your Life by Dirty Dancing. It was a song that was created specifically for the movie in 1987. The song was by Bill Melody and Jennifer Warren's. It won the Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Song. This is played at the end of the movie when Patrick Swayze and and his dancing partner had the final dance of the film. I mean, without the movie, without this song, it might not have been the cult classic that it became. such a great one. All right, another great original song that was created specifically for a movie is from The Breakfast Club. This is by Simple Minds, created in 1985. This might be the theme of 80s movies. (laughs) This song is very 80s. The Breakfast Club is a great movie. It's about five students at a high school who have to report to detention all day. And you've got pretty much a person from each stereotype. You've got a brain, you've got an athlete, you've got a basket case, you've got a princess, and you've got a criminal. Five people who come from all different parts of life, all different walks, and they have to share detention for one day. And a lot happens in that one day in detention. The nerd or the popular guy falls in love with the nerd. The popular girl falls in love with the bad boy instead of the athlete. It's a coming-of-age movie. But this song really adds to the movie. And that's what original songs are supposed to do. They're supposed to add to the movie. It's supposed to give the movie flavor. And I think that's what this has done. Alright, now this next one that I'm going to play, you hear it a lot around Halloween time. Ghostbusters from the movie Ghostbusters, written by Ray Parker Jr. in 1984. What's interesting about this song... Not only was it huge in the movie and written specifically for the movie, it was a number one hit across the land. It was supposed to be just a short clip and not a full song. But now, it's still one of the biggest Halloween songs to be played every single year. The writer Ray Parker only had two and a half days to write the song, so he wrote this song, folks In just two and a half days, but you know, I put together off the cuff in like two and a half hours every week. So great minds think alike. No, I could never write a number one song in a matter of just uh, seconds. All right, next on my list as a original song, one of the best original songs made specifically for a movie. is from A Star Is Born, made just in 2008. The song was written by Lady Gaga, and this song won the Oscar for Best Song. They performed this song, actually, at the Oscars, which may be one of the most viewed Oscar videos to exist on YouTube. And it was a number one hit for Lady Gaga. It's hard to get a number one hit. If you look through an artist's discography and you look at some of the songs that they released, you'll be surprised to find out that the songs that are the most popular are not really number one hits. It's hard to actually make it to number one on the charts, and that song certainly did. All right, another recognizable original song, and some will argue that this is the greatest original song ever created for a movie. bet you if you were on a game show and they asked you for a million dollars, what movie was this song in, you could get it right. It's from 1997 Titanic. It was written by James Horner and Will Jennings and performed by Celine Dion. This song also won best song at the Oscars. Beautiful song. Some say one of the greatest love songs. But just to think that this song was created specifically for the movie. Without the movie Titanic, this song wouldn't exist. All right, another song that won an Oscar for Best Original Song Made for a Movie is actually the first song from the rap category arms is sweaty knees weak arms are heavy there's vomit on his sweater already mom's spaghetti he's nervous but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down the whole crowd goes so loud he opens his mouth but the words won't come out he's joking how everybody's joking now the clocks run out time's up over blow I could be a rapper, too, folks. I kind of search for my inner rapping when I'm on the radio because this mic just inspires me to do so. But this song, like I said, was the first hip-hop Oscar winner. And it might also be Eminem's best single, focusing on his aggression and lyrical talent away from the shock value of bad-taste gags to a beautifully detailed depiction of an amateur rapper. So, success is his only option, according to this song. And this was used in the movie 8 Mile, starring Eminem, in 2002. Alright, another best original, recognizable song made specifically for a movie the movie Footloose starring Kevin Bacon in 1984. It's hard not to listen to that song and and want to and want to dance. And I've got one more to play for everybody. Now you might be thinking, "Oh my gosh, Adam, you're leaving out so many." Well, there was a lot of Disney songs that I wanted to include on today's episode. And uh, I went back and forth, should I include the Disney songs because Disney movies are movies? Disney movies are is, is just as a movie as a, as a real-life movie. But there are so many great Disney movies. I've decided to save that for a different time and a different date. Because I will one day have a segment on some of the greatest Disney songs to exist for a movie. But finally, the last song that I will play for... Uh, one of the most fascinating and recognizable original songs made for a movie is from The Graduate. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson Jesus loves you more than you will know Whoa, whoa, whoa God bless you, please, Mrs. Robinson Heaven holds a place for those who pray this song was written by Simon and Garfunkel. And it's about... A, it's a, The movie's about a, a young kid getting a jump start into adulthood. Because he sleeps with an older lady. And they use this movie theme, this movie song, in other movies. Anytime a young guy hooks up with an older woman, they usually have this movie playing in the background. I know American Pie did it. When... I keep wanting to call him. I can't think of his name from American Pie that slept with Finch was his name. Yes, Finch slept with Stifler's mom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps it up for the best original songs made for movies. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back after these words. Been Welcome back, everybody, to Off The Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. It is May the 26th, 2022. I don't wanna be alone. 435 to be exact. We are live. Missing Amber today on the show. Amber, I wanted to get you called in from the Bahamas, but our phone is not working. Not only is our phone not working, I'm having bad connection at the studio. So there's no way I'm going to be able to pull you in from the ocean on today's broadcast. But we miss you, we love you, and we can't wait to have you back next week. I think the first segment got a lot of people riled up. And that's to be expected. A lot of people saying I'm ignorant when it comes to AR-15s. I am, I'll admit. I don't know the most about those type of weapons. Didn't mean to offend and make it personal. Just food for thought. But ladies and gentlemen, it is May the twenty-six, two 2022. And a lot has happened on this day. This has been a day where a lot of things has happened. And that's why I would like to talk about this day in history. This day in history on May the 26th. On this day in history, May the 26th, 1868, U.S. President Andrew Johnson is acquitted by the Senate by one vote during his impeachment trial. Andrew Johnson is a president that some people say was just like Donald Trump. Very controversial, said what was on his mind, had no filter, and for the 1800s, he was the Donald Trump. President Andrew Johnson was acquitted by the Senate by one vote, folks, during his impeachment trial. Almost got impeached, but was acquitted by just one vote. On this day, May the 26th in 1869, Boston University is chartered by the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. On this day, May the 26th, 1887, racetrack betting becomes legal in New York State. Yeah, let's just give everything to New York. Gambling, casinos, horse betting. I mean, you can't hate on New York. Kentucky has the same opportunities to do things like this, but they won't. I'm going to Indiana next week to gamble because I can't gamble here in Kentucky. Yes, I can horse race, but I can't casino gamble. I can't bet on any basketball games, which blows my mind. It's okay for us to be able to waste our money and blow our money on horse racing, but we can't do the same on a basketball game. Makes no sense. I remember the governor, Governor... Uh, Bevan was saying that gambling is a sucker 's bet, and he 's against it. buddy, are you forgetting where you 're the governor at you're a you 're the governor of a state that has horse betting a spade a spade <laughs> what 's the difference in horse racing and betting on a football game i don 't see one. On this day in history, May the 26th, 1908, Mr. and Mrs. Jacob Murdoch and their children become the first family to travel across the United States by car. They went from Los Angeles to New York City in a Packard 30, and it took them 32 days, 5 hours, and 25 minutes. Could you imagine what they experienced and how much their anxiety had to be up traveling in a car across the world? At least he had his family with him. On this day in 1940, the first successful helicopter flight in the United States happened. Vault, it was a Vault US 300 designed by Igor Sigorsky. On this day, May the 26th in 1978, was the first legal gambling casino opened in Atlantic City. So we're back on gambling again. So May 26th is a historical day for gambling and that was huge for atlantic city. Before atlantic city, vegas was the only game in town. If you wanted to bet, you had to go to Nevada. You had to go to the city of Las Vegas to place your bets. But after 1978, May the 26th, the casinos opened in Atlantic City, which made Vegas, which gave them a run for their money. No pun intended. On this date in nineteen eighty seven, US Supreme Court ruled dangerous defendants could be held without bail. I'm all for that. some people think that everybody should have a right to bail. No, not everybody. If you really, really want to not have that as a rule, then make their bail so substantial that they cannot pay it. Like the young like the the, the girl that we've talked about on the show before that uh, ran through a red light when she was allegedly drunk, or maybe she was drunk. What was her name? Sequoia Collins. And she, and she smacked into a car and killed some children. And the judge set the bail for, like, I don't know, less than $10,000. Less than that, folks. Less. I think it was something ridiculous. And I said that if you're going to give her a bail, then... Make it $10 million. Make it $10 million. On this day, May the 26th in 1989, American radio broadcasters go silent for 30 seconds at 7.42 a.m. to honor the radio industry. So on this day, folks... Radios across the land went silent at 7.42. So if you turn on the radio at 7.42 back in 1989 on this day, all radios across the world went silent. So everybody, how many people do you think was flipping through their radios trying to get it to work? And every station that was happening, every station that you had it on was silent. It was silent. All right, and then finally, on this day, May the twenty sixth in two thousand and twenty one, nine people were shot and killed by their colleague at a public transit uh, by a public transit employee in San Jose, California. And I'll let you go ahead and ponder and guess on what type of weapon that he used, but. That's neither here or there. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. And since it is graduation, and it is graduation season, I have a song to play for all of the graduates out there, whether it's college, whether it's high school, whether it's grade school. This is a graduation song, and this song is by Baz Luhrmann. It's called Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen. And what he did in this song is he basically took a real-life graduation speech that was spoken by someone. And they produced it and put music behind it. And they had Baz do the commentary for the speech because his voice is amazing. But there is no truer graduation speech to listen to than this one right here. Basically, the person who gave the speech said at the end of it, this is just my advice. You don't have to listen to me. And if, if you really want to take something that I say... To heart, and you want to ignore everything else I said. The speaker says just to wear sunscreen because sunscreen has been proven to benefit your skin and prevent skin cancer. So, everything else that the speaker says in the speech is he's saying is just his opinion and take it for what it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen by Baz Lerman. Lerman. We'll be right back. A class of 99. wear. Sunscreen if I could offer you only one tip, but trust me on the sunscreen now how now how good of a graduation speech is is that all right ladies and gentlemen before we take our last commercial break, I do want to mention some very sad news uh, Ray Leota died at the age of sixty seven today He was the American actor known for his role in Goodfellas and he played in a ton of movies. But we'll talk more about that, of course, next week when more developments come out. I don't really know exactly what happened, how he died, but it's it's just another reminder that life is short. Death knows no age. They don't discriminate of how famous you are, how rich. So Very sad news. But ladies and gentlemen, we still have one more segment to go. Stick with us. I hope these commercials are playing. But when we come back, we'll do our last segment. Stick with us. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. yeah. I'm jumping out of yeah. Adam Banks here with you. Last segment of the hour. It's been a, another heavy graduation show where we've talked a lot about graduation. Talked about graduation traditions in the first segment. Played a little song for all the graduates out there. So the last couple of weeks has kind of been graduation heavy because it is graduation season. I gave advice to college students two weeks ago. Last week, I gave advice to high school graduates. So, this week, I would like to give advice to grade school graduates. The graduates who are about to enter high school. So, let me give you some advice, grade school, middle school graduates, as you go into high school. Just know that high school is not as hard as what you think it will be. I know that your teachers in grade school will tell you it's very hard. It's a lot harder than what it is here. Don't get overwhelmed with that. It's not as hard as what people say it is. Now do good and and try to learn the best you can, but just know that the bulk of your education does not come from the high school classroom. Some more advice to you grade school graduates is that your parents don't know what's best for you. This is no news to you that I assume. I mean, every 14-year-old knows that mom and dad don't know what's best. But I'm here to tell you that you are correct in thinking that they do not know what's best. Although they do know you quite well, they know very little of how you have changed in the past years unless you've shared it with them. If you are an average teen, you probably haven't shared much with them, though. Only you know what is best for you. Your parents know what is good for you. They know the basics. But their advice is based on keeping you safe. They don't know how much you really enjoy a certain sport or music or how important your friends are to you. Keep telling them. Your parents, they can do a lot to help keep you from failing, but they can do every little but they but they can do very little to help you succeed and excel. Success and greatness is up to you. Your parents don't decide that. Ask for help is some more advice that I will tell you. You will not get far in life alone. I don't know how to do many things. I don't know how to to do plumbing or carpentry or woodworking. But I know people who are really good at those types of things. So I surround myself with people that know how to do things that I don't. I know how to do a radio show. I know how to do broadcasting. And I can share that with somebody maybe one day. But there's a lot of things that I don't know how to do, but I know people who do them really well. And I don't care to ask for help and to to have those people show me how to do those things. Some more advice is you are more important than your friends. Just remember that. Now, I won't get into the concept of peer pressure here, but that's kind of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about If someone is asking you to do something that you know will decrease you as a person or will lower your standards of who you are, you are putting them in front of you. And doing that, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. And then finally, the last piece of advice that I will give you is that people will remember. Let's sum up what Maya Angelou said. She was the poet who said, people will forget what you said and what you did, but People will never forget how you made them feel. High school is very, very impactful. And if you bully somebody in high school, those people from high school will grow up and remember you. Everybody grows up and everybody remembers how they were treated when they were young. I know I do. People that treated me bad when I was young, I don't have nothing for them. So remember that and keep that piece of advice in mind that people will remember how you treat them. So if you want... To grow up and have people respect you and like you still, treat them well. Because if you treat them bad while they're young, they will remember. They will not forget that kind of stuff. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff. If you liked what you heard today, you will probably like our previous episodes. So you can follow our episodes by subscribing to us on podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can follow me on social media at the Adam Banks, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow the show on social media at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. We release new episodes every Thursday from four to five right here on Radio Lex, which means we will be back next week. And Amber, yes, we'll be back next week. Safe travels home, Amber, and have fun for the rest of your week sailing on that cruise ship in the Bahamas. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm Adam Banks, and this has been Off the Cuff. We'll see you next week.